Greetings, witches and warlocks, and welcome to the first ever meeting of the Church of the Pals. I'm your high priest, <laughs> Pete and Bessie, joined in council by my dark brothers in podcasting, Mr. Kale Ward. Why are you guys in my living room? I moved to Greendale specifically to get away from you. It's <laughs> late. Get out. I'm going to bed. Dark Lord, so you might want to oh, stay on this one. <laughs> and Mr. Marco Cunolata. Uh I just followed kind of Kale. So I'm in Greendale. And now you're a witch. Or a and warlock. I'm a witch. Warlock. And our esteemed guests visiting from the Church of the Nerd League, Miss Gabby Von Welly and Miss Rachel Conrad. Hi. Hello. I'm not too far from we've Salem. I've always been witches. I'm very far from Salem. <laughs> Well, uh, we have brought the coven together here tonight to discuss the first season of uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina over on Netflix. Uh, so, Rachel, since this is your first time here on a Pals podcast, why don't you start by giving your spoiler-free impressions of season one? I enjoyed it a lot. I was kind of... I like the fact that it was a measured amount of sort of being serious and also campiness. I, you know, it it definitely, I watched the first season of Riverdale and then I bailed. And so it, it was nice watching. So I think I was expecting more of that sort of Riverdale flair. And so it was nice to have something that was, to watch something that was, you know, its own entity, um, but still fresh and, and, you know, still an homage to the original Sabrina in certain ways, which I grew up watching and I loved, um, but was definitely a lot more campy than this. And I will say I liked it too, because it reminded me, I don't know if you guys have watched it, but um, uh, Practical Magic, there were things in it oh. that were definitely shades of Practical Magic more than like your Hocus Pocus, which I liked as well. So obviously you're, you're clearly a witch expert here. Yes, <laughs> I, would, I would say so. Uh, so Kale, you being the biggest bummer on this panel of Witches and Warlocks, what did you think of season one? I, I had uh, very uh, complicated thoughts about um, <laughs> um, the show in general. Um, Why am I not surprised? Well, as a season of TV, I, I overall I enjoyed it, uh, but I'm also uh, I guess I would I guess I, I grew up uh, very religious, and um, I still <laughs> am like I, I guess I would say I'm 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 faith filled. And um, there were several moments, especially toward the end, where I felt I was trying to do a lot of mental gymnastics to, like, make things work <laughs> for me. Um, and, and we can go into those, you know, later on. But um, um, for, for a, a horror TV show that has to sustain itself for 13 episodes... Um, I, ten. I, was it just 10? Yeah, it was only 10. God, it felt like 13. <laughs> um, um, it, I, I, I felt like, uh, Sabrina did a, a really good job of building tension and building on to tension. Um, though I, I would, I would say that it's stronger more in the middle than it is at the end. Is what I is what I would say. Okay, I'm interested to to pull on that thread in a bit, but uh, let's hear Gabby's thoughts. My thoughts. Um, I think that my love for Karen and Shipka goes beyond whatever this show could have been, was, is, whatever. So <laughs> I would have enjoyed it regardless. Um. I thought that Harvey Kinkle was going to be more of a, I don't know, like an important figure. I think, I think he's supposed to be an important figure, but most of the time, most of like the supporting characters kind of feel flat to me, but we can touch more on that later. Um, but all in all, I mean, it was enjoyable. I just wouldn't rank it as like a masterpiece or I, I can't even... Nah, it has to be better than Riverdale. I mean, it's Riverdale. <laughs> I think I think that's fair to say. 
I, I think the bar isn't too high in terms of they're they're so they're so different, honestly. Like I, I think it's like natural to compare them, but like I definitely went into it like Rachel expecting it to be far more similar to Riverdale than it was. And like I feel like it's comparing like apples to oranges or orange. I like the fact that sorry to cut you off, but um the fact that there were literally like two references to Riverdale in the whole show. And I think that was one of mm-hmm. the smartest things they could have possibly done. Yeah. So uh, before we get into anything else, Marco, why don't you give us your, you know, just kind of like uh, Reader's Digest thoughts and then we'll, we'll move into the spoiler Digest. section. Yeah, uh, I agree with Rachel. It, it's sort of the mixture of horror and campiness, I think, was something that was really appealing. Uh, and for me, uh, I'm a big sort of horror guy. And so uh, this sort of scratched an itch and that campiness sort of brought it to like a more classic era uh era and like you know more of the sort of uh early props and early stuff of just horror back in like the 60s and 50s and so uh it felt nice and to see it like a really colorful i think also sort of just drove that horror aesthetic that uh, i enjoyed so a lot of fun yeah, yeah, I definitely would say I agree with a lot of the the stuff that's already been laid out here. Um, I, I think the one thing I'd really add is I, I really strongly think that the point that Kale made about the way that the show builds <clears throat> is particularly salient because I um, I thought the first couple episodes were pretty slow, and I, I especially I, the first one, I even especially the first two, I think, um, and I it, it wasn't that I ever had. I never left an episode of the show uh, feeling like it wasn't enjoyable, you know, but it, it certainly didn't grab me. Right yeah, away. that's exactly and what I feel saying. like it wasn't until like episode five or six where it really picked up. And from then on, I felt like every episode was really gripping. And I think um, so oh, I, go ahead. that builds on my thought that it could have been a shorter season. The fact that it was 10 by episode 10, I was like, I was getting to the point where I was like, OK, is it over? It feels like, you know what I mean? Like it, it needed to wrap up. And I think there were a couple episodes in the middle that I was like, I, they could have either condensed could into two the or they could have cut out because like I said, I got to the end and I was like, okay, this needs to be it because any more than this is going to feel like too much. Yeah. We actually had to pause for a while when we were watching it uh, for a couple of days. I don't remember why. And it was this thing where like we only had two episodes left and you would think that because it was close to the end, we were going to be like, oh, my God, I really want to get home and watch Sabrina and whatever. And had I just not have anything else to watch, I don't know, like I would have probably just not even cared that much about finishing it, I guess. So I don't know. At that point, just because we had to stop, I feel like I really noticed that like lack of inertia to continue watching. Mm -hmm. See, it's funny because I I felt like that after my first two like sessions of watching it but the last couple episodes i was in it by that point you know because i felt like once (laughs) there once once the story really got going i feel like um i feel like there was a lot at play that i really wanted to see play out but let's i think we're dancing around spoilers at this point so um before we we get into that portion uh let's just everybody i guess answer this question would you recommend this season to you know Somebody out there who wants a good, campy horror show. Yeah, I would. I mean, if it's campy horror show, then yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but if you're squeamish, heads up. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good disclaimer. I, I would agree with that. Uh, so if you haven't seen, you know, Sabrina at this point, now's your chance to bounce out before we get into spoilers. Uh, so, you know, hopefully... That gives you an idea if you want to check it out or not. Before we get into that portion, let me just tell you guys where you can find the show and show us your support. If you want to uh, go check out some of the other podcasts we do here at the Pals Network, you can uh, follow at the Comics Pals on social media. Uh, find us anywhere your podcast, you know, on any podcast service except for Spotify because, uh, well, 
We just can't get on there yet, but one of these days. And uh, we're also up on YouTube, again, uh, on a regular basis, so you can hit us up at the com- or youtube.com slash thecomicspals and catch this and all of our other shows. And uh, we already mentioned Riverdale before. If you are a fan of Riverdale, maybe go check out our Riverdale podcast that we used to do, The Riverdale Review, um, where uh, Gabby was on a few episodes. So if you need to go revisit Riverdale and find someone to geek out about with it, uh, you can do that. Or if you want to hate watch it, Kale was on the show too. <laughs> Good summary. <laughs> so, uh, moving into the spoiler full section of the show, who, where do we want to start? There's a lot to unpack here. We're going through the whole season. Um, I know we talked about the beginning being slow. Do we want to start there? Can I do a quick gush? Um, yeah. Everyone's outfits were on point. Yes, that, yeah. 100%. Like, oh, yes. The the fashion was there, and I was there for that. It was really, really cool. All of... Uh, all of our outfits were like super cute. Um, everybody was dressed well. It was awesome. And like the like kind of like retro yeah. vibe yeah. to like the town and their their style was really interesting. But also what year is it? Because some people have smartphones and other people <laughs> never use phones. Well, they don't say. They specifically avoid it. At the beginning, there's like, you know, they have that scroll where it's like where they are and it's a, and then it says for the year it says something like this year or i can't remember what it specifically is but they very sort of cleverly skirt around that like when is this actually happening because they just go it's whatever year you're watching in right but you also know what i realized you know when they're listing the days at the beginning like counting off the days for her birthday Mm -hmm. but it'll say the weekday and even though they knew when the show was going to come out they still didn't use like the actual dates like you know like um, the 31st was supposed to be oh, like it was a Wednesday this year, but they put it on a Friday. So literally my roommate was Googling like when was the last time that October uh, 31st was <laughs> on a Wednesday. That's clever. You know, conspiracy it, theories. With it was that. also not that long ago. So it, it was almost like it could have been today. It could have been last year. Same thing. But I don't know. <laughs> That time really fucked me up. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. It reminded me a lot of um, Archer, actually, where it has that kind of like it's a show out of time because mm-hmm. like Ambrose has a laptop. So I was like, all right, so it's modern. Like that's this is definitely like no more than 10 or so years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, everybody has like a classic car and is dressing like it's like the late 70s. And it's. It's- yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like it's definitely not the 90s because no one dressed like that in the 90s. I think it's supposed to be in the modern era. It's just like. Yeah. Everybody's a hipster. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a style choice in the same way most of Riverdale is. I yeah, think. Mm-hmm. and they all decided to follow it. Everybody in Greendale. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think that was one of the things that worked the best for me. Like even when the um, even when the show was a little slower, I was definitely very into the overall aesthetic that they were able to capture. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think especially like watching it around Halloween. Uh, it was definitely like striking a good a good chord with me, and um, I think <laughs> Marco made a, a call out of, a, to like how some of the effects had a very like classic horror camp to them, and like I, I really appreciated that because I thought like some of the monsters yeah. had like a very like oh, low yeah. budget kind of look, but like I loved it. It worked. So the sleep demon was like straight out of Buffy and Angel. Yeah. That makeup, yeah. I was yeah. like, that was so great. Yeah, or like, uh, or like, you know, any um, you know, college like uh, director's first horror movie mm-hmm. kind of vibe, you know. Dude, even Satan himself, like they they also went for like the more goat looking Satan, and every time he showed up, mm-hmm. I was like, it looks like they got him out of like I don't know a Halloween store and just put yeah. all the shit together. <laughs> I also have to say the soundtrack was good. Another point of their face, yeah. This was my one nitpicky thing was that when she had her hair in terms of like style and stuff, her hair change. I know it was like, oh, I loved it. like a call out to the comics and like that's how her hair looked. But when her hair went to white, I was like, oh, God, it looks so much better before, though. It was it like did. I, I, I liked it when it turned white, but I didn't even notice until. Harvey yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was funny when Harvey's like, oh, you changed your hair. And I was like, did you? <laughs> like, I, just, I just thought it was weird lighting. Yeah, I mean, I think that lo- what made the look cool was the fact that like the makeup also got darker. 
So it wasn't mm-hmm. just the hair. Yeah. So that worked for me. I liked it. Yeah, her lips, all of a sudden her lipstick, she had dark yeah, lipstick, she just, right? She, she just she went all emo yeah. all of a sudden. I did just want to uh, take it back to the soundtrack real quick. One of the things that definitely put this over Riverdale for me was that people only sang twice. So that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was still horrible. Like it was still, I don't understand why they mix human voices this way because nobody has this much reverb on their voice when they're singing in a building. But whatever, it's fine. Yeah. There was a quiet, there were, there's a choir. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. I, I remember distinctly going, why does every teen show have to have singing? What is this? But at <laughs> it's least the glee effect. At least it was a choir, you know, because I feel like in Riverdale yeah. they're just like randomly singing at every moment that it's possible to like insert yeah. a singing scene. There it is. And it's almost it's it's always so much worse in Riverdale because like at least in Sabrina the two scenes were either with a choir or in a church. And both of those are places that are naturally like big and have reverb not like oh we're singing over a shitty pa in a gazebo at the town square it's like that would sound like trash and we all know it wait till you see veronica singing outside prison (laughs) (laughs) i saw the clip i saw the clip of that and i was like you know i feel like i could jump in now and it just wouldn't matter i wouldn't have to understand what's going on i could just pick up at any point and it wouldn't matter it's because it never makes sense, Rachel, in no episode. Does the show ever make sense? <laughs> it doesn't matter how much context you have. It makes no sense. <laughs> well, at least they got actors who could sing, too. You know what I mean? Like, the second Kiernan Shipka, I was like, oh, God, they're going to make her sing. And then it turns out she can actually sing and has a lovely voice. And so that was good. Kiernan's the best. I, best hair. I got so nervous, though. I had, Do you, I, okay, I'm not the only <laughs> one who I was like, oh, God, it's going to happen. They're going to make her sing. Well, because, like, when, when they first did that, I was like, oh, please don't tell me that her being in choir class is going to be, like, a major subplot here. <laughs> like, I really can't take these witch songs. Like, I don't need to hear a bunch of, in a show about people who have magical powers, the last thing I want to do is listen to them sing. Yeah, so thank thank God on that one. But I, I, I agree. I, I did think that the, the soundtrack in general was good. It was very atmospheric. And I think, like, in general, they, they did a really good job of, like, setting the mood, you know? Well, we're on these random, on these, this you know, these random sort of bullshit tangents. Did anybody else think it was weird that they associated the the feminist club with witches in a show about Satan? The, the fact that they called it Wicca? Well, it was just, sort of just like, that. like, for me, it was like, you know how there's this thing of, like, well, I guess it doesn't really work when you think about it in the broadcast. But you know how in horror movies, there's that theory that like nobody has ever watched a horror movie, right? Sure. So when they said that, when they were like, "We're gonna call it Wicca," I was like, "Do you? But do you not know what the? I are you aware?" <laughs> And the broader scope of what that is and what that means. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was just another, you know, Sabrina thing going, uh, uh, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I just, I guess I just mean, like, the broader implications. Like, okay, so this is a show about witches that worship Satan, and the main witch starts a feminist club at school. Remember how the, the witch, the main witch, she worships Satan? Yeah, that's what feminists do in this club called wicca kale that's because witches get shit done hey yeah because i i actually thought that that was kind of supposed to be a nod to one of the things that like this came up in a few of the conversations that sabrina had with her aunts about becoming a witch and one of the things that they were saying was that like you know that's it's a means for for women to get power right and especially in the past when um there, there were all these different stories of like persecution and all these things, right? And then the obvious real world context of like what the power structure was like for women at that point in history. I feel like that was supposed to be like a nod to the fact that like that that was kind of a, that that was a thing that at the time the broader reality of of witch witchiness hadn't really been revealed to Sabrina yet. You know, like what the actual. Um, signing of the book really meant, you know, that that club gets started before she runs away from her baptism and she gets the real look at 
what her kind of culture entails. Kale's just trying to shit on the show and they don't let him. So sad. <laughs> I just listen. No, it was just a, it was just a thing that came up and I went. No, like I. Sh- I- I should ask someone who's not me about that. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. I just think that, like, I think in the context of when it happens in the show, I think that's an intentional thing. That, like, because what's her name? Uh, Miss the, Wardwell? The, Miss Wardwell, right. Like, but the, the demoness who's taken over her. Um, or Madam I, Satan. Madam Satan. Lilith. Lilith right. All whatever. Her names. She's like a rapper. <laughs> She's got, like, 19 aliases. Yeah. But either way. Miss Wardwell is the one who names the club, you know, and I feel like it's a nod to her being like, ha ha, we're witches, right? And like being a witch is feminist because, you know, like I think that was the the association that she was trying to forge in her mind a little bit. Or at least maybe that's what we as viewers are supposed to take away from it. What am I supposed to take away from the fact that Hilda has a British accent and Zelda doesn't. Please, somebody explain. Illuminate me. I really thought we were going to get more information about that. And we just never she just, did. Like, she jokes about her being like a British halfwit or something. And I'm like, so what are you like? How are you guys like actually related? And also, where the fuck did Ambrose like come from? The thing is, his last name is Spellman. So is there a fourth sibling that is a man and gave the kid... His last name? Is this a cousin? Like, who the fuck is this person? I mean, yeah, I I, I think that, like, the... I don't know. I, I would imagine that the Spellman family, right, like, had other members. Spellman. Yeah. Yeah, that we just haven't heard about. And, like, we'll eventually learn about his parents and their their connection or whatever. But, yeah, I, I really thought that we were going to get some kind of nod there to what's the... I, my immediate thought was it's got to be, like, a parent trap situation, you know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> like... Maybe they have different mothers. Like, I don't know. Well, also, I love the fact that I th- Zelda the whole time, like every time she had a newspaper, it was in a different language. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, didn't I just thought that, until, that was so I neat that, that it was like, it was the last one. I think that's just like world building stuff that they were like, we're going to make it as weird as we possibly can. And why wouldn't she know 12 languages? You know? I mean, she's been alive for however many years. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that we also have to think about is right. Like they're, they're siblings, but we don't know how old. Either of, yeah, we don't know. Oh, that is also like, true. They, like they were in school at the same time. We know that at least they, are old though because there's the we know they are pretty old because there's the episode where they start to lose their magic power that looks makes them look young right and right. they they very rapidly start to age so and my thought is just like there there could be a multitude of explanations as mm-hmm. to why she has an accent right like they made the comment of how like um witches and and warlocks used to all be polyamorous and um something else but the the like the idea that like they have different mothers and were raised in different places mm-hmm. because their families were traveling or something like that like th- there's plenty of explanations right. that make sense when you think about the fact of like what Rachel just pointed out which is like there's clearly things about the family we don't know yet and they are clearly more worldly than we and understand they're saving it all for season Greendale's 2 like whether or not Greendale's home base they've clearly been around the world and done other things ambrose blew up the vatican right exactly (laughs) well but um also hilda said when she was drunk that she had never been this drunk since a um queen victoria's coronation yeah so there you go didn't she also make a comment when um suzy was at the bookstore and she was trying to get the book of um it was i don't remember what the book was but i feel like like she made a comment like and didn't she yes, say that she yeah, knew she Virginia Woolf? Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I wonder if maybe next season we'll get some more, like, um, like insight to their backstories. To I mean, the two I hope so. Mm-hmm. I would love, I would love that because I, they were definitely two of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. I wasn't crazy about them, actually. What? Um, Hot takes, Kel. Hot takes. <laughs> Damn. Go on. Like, as far as the supporting cast goes, they were obviously some of the strongest, but I, just, especially in the beginning, um, I just didn't feel the chemistry between them at all. Like, they weren't endearing to me whatsoever. Zelda's nasty. She's really mean. She's yeah. really mean. 
in the very yeah. beginning. She grew She's, on me a yeah. lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I also kept like I kept hoping there was going to be a Lord of the Rings reference in there somewhere. Like I was looking for it, hoping for something, and sadly there was not that I found. Um, but I, I think that's that's a thing. It's sort of um, when I think of practical magic, it's the same thing where there's there's the two aunts who um, raise the girls, and one is a little rougher than the other you know, a little colder. And so I think that's something that just in witchy stories, you're always going to have one who's the good witch or, you know, the bubbly, happy, like witch sister, whatever. And you're going to have one who is a little colder and more strict and more by the book. And they're going to make that one most of the time, they're going to make that one grow on you. And I think that's what they did with this show, too. Although Zelda is like a whole other level. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, there's even mentions like how she like would bully her sister in school and just mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff she says. So you're like, Jesus Christ, Zelda, like that's just not OK to say. Um, but I think I think at the beginning, she's also she seems to be very sold um you know, into like the whole cult and everything. And she seems to approve of everything and doing her duty. And then she's all like, yeah, but had they picked you for the sacrifice thing they were doing, she's like, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't have let them do anything to you. And it's like, Oh wow. Zelda has feelings. Mm -hmm. Well, For me, the, the big changes were in, in the little interactions with her. Right. Cause I think Rachel brought up the, there's constantly this scene of them at the breakfast table, right? Mm-hmm. And she's always got this newspaper. And in the first couple episodes, she's very cold. She's very removed from the conversation. And particularly after the the nightmare episode where she has that, you know, revelation about her relationship with her sister and how cruel she is to Hilda that, and not just that, but I think that is a major turning point where you see her attitude towards her family change. And, you know, the thing that stood out to me the most was when she asks Sabrina how Harvey's doing with his brother, you know, because like before that, her attitude about her mortal life has always just been very removed, right? Like, not that she's actively like necessarily always discouraging it, though she did sometimes, but it was not that anything she was taking an interest in, right? Or caring to like, you know, um ask how he was doing and even like to address him by name. Right. And then when they decide that they're going to, to protect the mortals, that's her decision, mm-hmm. you know? And she says like that, that's a, that was a very surprising thing for me. Like I, and she I, also stopped the dad from hit from punching hard. That was, great. That that was, was also great unexpected. Scene, yeah. It was great though. Yeah. 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 And, and that, that to me was really what I, I think they didn't, I think she's the character that, grew the most over the season for me where like she's such a different person in the beginning and you see her um to to your point gabby uh if reevaluate her beliefs and her faith and the way that she behaves you know and like i think really changes for the better and that really made her endearing to me you know and aside from the fact that she's also just like super strong and really kind of like badass often like it made her an easy character to root for even when i didn't like her you know um but then when i did come around to her i was like she's actually one of my one of my favorite characters yeah and anytime that she was doing something that you actually approved of that she was like you know either like defending like standing up for her sister or her niece or whatever it was so easy to be like yeah you go get them Zelda. you tell them how it's done you know because she just has that attitude but then whenever she was, like, kissing that guy's ass, I was like, come on, Zelda, no. Oh, God. He's amazing, though. Anybody else think he should have been David Bowie? The priest? <laughs> <laughs> His makeup was very David Bowie-esque. I hadn't thought about that until now. He had a lot of eyeliner on. Yeah. If Bowie were still alive, he would have played that guy. Mm-hmm. For sure. He would have played the shit out of that guy. <laughs> yeah. I encourage you all to look up this show that's called um, The Fall, where oh, yeah. the actor is a doctor and is completely different from whatever it is that we oh, saw in Sabrina. Just go to his, go to his IMDb page. It's literally wildly anything. different. 
wildly different. I was going to say while we're on like specific characters, can we talk about Miss Wardwell? Because I loved her. And okay, isn't she? I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan. She's not. Is she in Doctor Who? Is that her? So in the yes, okay, um, that's what in the last season she ends up being uh, a, a an another time lord. It's like the doctor. Okay, that's what rival I thought. Time lord, the master. Because I was watching and I was like, I know her from somewhere, and I just couldn't. She is also in um, a British. It's sort of it's sort of like a British Scrubs. Okay. It's called Green Green Wing. Um, it's probably it's probably ten. Uh, probably ten or so years old now, uh, but it's she's in it and it's tremendous. Um, I highly recommend it. Yeah, because she, I think, throughout the show, consistently for me at least, she's one of the best characters. From like from going from like the moment she has her transformation, and all of a sudden she's like the hot teacher, and none of them really question it. And there and Sabrina, they all just like go with it, and it's. Just all of her snide comments and her, like we were talking earlier, the outfits, all of her outfits, everything they did with her character was like... Sultry as fuck. (laughs) It was just she, I think they got everything about her right. And it was also so frustrating to see her, you know, do her job because you never knew what exactly she was trying to do because it's like yeah. on the one hand like she's yeah. not supposed to like Sabrina but then she's helping her and then in sometimes at some points you're like oh she's definitely gonna like kill her now and then she's like helping her escape or helping her do this then in the end it makes more sense but it's so frustrating to watch because literally it doesn't come clear until the very last yeah, the 10 last minutes when she's giving her speech. That was my like my biggest issue, I think, with her character specifically, was just that I never knew what angle she was coming from. And because of that, I didn't know how to feel about her doing things. That's what I liked about it, though. Because Really? Yeah, I'm, I was on board with yeah, that. Yeah, okay, it, worked, okay. it worked for me, too. Because cause that was the thing. Because I, I never, ever thought that Sabrina was in like literal danger because of her. Right. Like I always felt like when she was on her side, it was never like, oh, she's going to turn around and kill her or whatever, because she clearly was like trying to get her to do something for the Dark Lord. Right. So I was like, okay, this is all her just trying to get her to play in his hand. Right. And he doesn't want to kill her. He wants her to be his servant. So like at the end of the day, like I, I, I liked her kind of whole questioning her motivation because i didn't know what her angle was but also like seeing like what you said where you could also see her kind of like soften to sabrina a little bit and i was kind of wondering like is that gonna come into play at all like is she actually feeling that way about her or you know because like in her mind i don't think that what she's doing is bad right like she's not trying to hurt sabrina she's trying to make her you know the most powerful which in the world she's pulling she's pulling the strings the whole yeah. time but speaking of strings in that episode where she goes to the limbo there i actually feared at one point like when the when the string got yeah. cut yes. yeah. i was yeah. like oh man like she planned this like she definitely wants her to just yeah. stay stuck in limbo plus her mom was being super weird too like oh yeah like they took my baby from me and they told me that she was dead like blah 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 and it's like, oh, man, like everything's just going to go downhill from here real fast. Yeah. Um, but now also, Warrior might also be changing her mind about, I don't know if she's going to warm up more to Sabrina or if she's going to start hating her. Because after her familiar pointed out, like, well, doesn't it sound like Satan is grooming Sabrina to rule by his side and not you? And then she just, like, kills him because she's so yeah. pissed off. But, I mean, obviously, from... By the time season two comes along, she would have had time to think about that for a bit. And I just don't know if her strategy is going to be like, oh, um, since Sabrina already likes me, I'm going to kind of team up with her and then take down Satan. Or if she's going to be like, fuck this girl, I'm going to kill her right now. So she can't have like be. a girl power moment. Yeah, I don't know. I hope she goes for the fir- former, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes the most sense to me for that character. Mm-hmm. To realize that Satan's sort of screwing both of them over and you know hey you know what the devil's a real asshole (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can't prove that 
<laughs> How dare you talk about the Dark Lord that way? Get get out of my church, Cal. <laughs> so, uh, something that I think is actually kind of interesting is as we've moved into our kind of just conversation about the characters, right? Um, we have not talked about any of the main characters, really. I mean, like, I guess, I guess you could say that Zelda and Hilda are, are the main characters, but like, Sabrina, are, are part I think of the main cast. But yeah, uh, it's interesting that I don't know. We were like, oh, I feel like some of the side characters are not super well developed, but here we are talking about all the side characters. Well, but I just think all her friends and her boyfriend are not well developed. I, I don't agree. know. I think yeah. I think it's the human characters that feel like they're just kind of like Especially Susie and her deal with like the Dorothea person that talks to her. Yeah, that yeah. felt out of nowhere to me. I was like, okay, I, I like, could why understand. Is this <laughs> I understand for some reason her other what was her other friend's name? I can't of course I can't remember. Uh, Roz? Roz. Roz, yeah. yeah. Roz. Like Roz's storyline with her going blind and picking up this other sense, like having these visions and whatever, I was like, okay, I kind of that in terms of the storytelling makes sense to me. It it's felt a little more planned out than Susie, who was just they were just like, here's a ghost. Like we don't love it, but it's okay. I know. Of your ancestor. Yeah. Okay. And it's like I feel like I, I, when they revealed the whole thing of, oh, she like provided the witches safe passage and then yeah. cut them down and buried them. I was like, oh, so they like, they like enchanted her or something. And that's why she is, can, you know, like I thought there was going to be some explanation and it's just like, no, there's just a ghost. Greendale's a weird town. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it didn't really work. Right. Cause like, so when the red yeah, angel, whatever. Yeah. It didn't was, seem to was rolling around and was coming after all the firstborn children. Susie stands in the door and tells the witch, she's like, I'm the great, 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 whatever. And the, the witch goes away. And then Roz's grandmother is like, Oh no, the angel of death there, whoever is coming anyway. So Susie had this big moment that sort of amounted to like nothing, I guess. (laughs) Basically. Well, okay. And I, can we just go ahead and transition that into like how I felt about the end? Because yes. sure. that's sure, kind of how I that's kind of how I felt about the end. It was just like so we spent this whole show watching Sabrina say she's going to take on the Dark Lord and she's not going to sign her name in the book, and then she just fucking did, and for no and good reason she just. became a witch and is just chilling with the weird sisters and oh she's making that hot sexy wink at uh oh uh oh hey by the way nicholas scratch that's the name of the devil that guy is the devil and you cannot fucking tell me otherwise okay thank you i was watching this and i was like i was like how many names for satan can they put into this show (laughs) they say that that it might be his son which makes more sense and also, I am still confused about that scene. Like, it's like a flashback thing that Sabrina has where she's a baby and she's in the crib. And there's like... And there's she's two. In, yeah. And she's like the normal baby. And then the other baby has like the goat feet, like like the devil. So what if they're siblings? That would be so weird because he really wants to bone her. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> so I had... So my theory for that was that... So you know how... Um, her name was already signed to the book and there was like a witness, yeah. but then she was also baptized. Right. But then they're like, wait a minute, I thought we already did these. So my my theory was, even though I had seen the feet, I thought that one of her, like they were a pair of twins. One was like one that the mother had taken and one was the other one that the father had taken to get baptized or something or for something else to happen. And then at some point they got separated. Ooh, Random theory. Which- which comes back around to the priest's kids in the end. We circle back yes. around to those two. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's what I think. And then also, if you think about it, the twins and what the mom said about how she went to baptize her baby and they took it away from her. Uh-huh, like they uh-huh, could have right. taken away the other baby. Exactly. You know? yeah. Like she could have gone in with both and then they took one. I don't know. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Sabrina herself. Cause we haven't we haven't done too much of that. Great so, hair, yeah. Great hair, 
Great singing great, voice. Great, great jacket. Yeah. Okay, one thing that was weird. Why do you call your boyfriend by his whole name all the fucking time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So weird. It's so cute though. It's so cute. Also, people, Sabrina yeah. was so forced. Oh, I bad dress. I agree with you about Brina. With Harvey, some people's names just sound better when you say the full name. Yeah, yeah. Lord. it's true. I say <laughs> Kale's full name most of the time, just because it it works. That's how I dress myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I, I do that with. Um, Another co-host of ours, Andy, from the Video Game Pals. I literally, I'm always, I always call him Andy Brown because it just works. It's got, it's got good rhythm. You know, Harvey Kinkle. Gabby and I have a friend who it's always first name, last name for him. Exactly. And when some people, that's just what you do. Yeah. So that one, Dude, that they, one I'll give you. They, but the, they know this friend. Rachel. Are you talking about Matt? No, I wasn't. That's why I didn't say oh. I mean, yes for Matt, too, though. I mean, that rule yeah, also he's always Matt him. Murphy. There's... That's true. We actually say that all the time. Matt Murphy. Yeah. We call him Matt Murphy. Oh, so I, there just you call go. Him, I just call he him Murphy. somehow always mentioned in this podcast, I swear, anytime <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Love you, Matt. He's everywhere. Go listen to the Long Box podcast if you want to hear more about Matt Murphy. But for now, Sabrina. I'm going to send that out. So um, one thing that ties into Sabrina's character and towards just the issue that Kale had with the end, I also had a similar issue just because I felt like I understand that the whole like Satan's whole plan was that ultimately he's going to corrupt her and get her to his side. But I think they did that at the detriment of her character. And that was why I felt like the end where she does that like walk and she comes out and she's part of the school. It just felt so dissonant for me. And it's just like, I did not like this specifically because it doesn't feel like Sabrina. Her whole thing was that she had drive yeah. and that got like kicked out of her. Well, and, I think and well to to just add to that point, like for me what did it was like when she straight up murdered that girl. Right. Yes. Yeah. That was so and out like, of character. And like and was she into had, it? And, and never she cared had, that she was like dying afterwards. She's like, I don't care yeah. that she's puking. Yeah. Yeah. And granted, she had her plan. She knew what was going to go on, but she fucking murdered that girl. Yeah. And then when it was brought up and thrown in her face later, she was like, Ugh, murderer? What do you mean? Yeah. I out loud in my dark alone house <laughs> went, What are you talking about, stupid? <laughs> She is, I think, to your point, she's a very selfish character from the beginning to the very yes, end. Agreed. She is so but, incredibly yeah. selfish. And I but understand that she's a teenage girl and maybe that plays into it, like them writing her character a little bit. But the same way where she, we got to the point where she murdered her and I was like, I put the brakes on for a second and I was like, this is not... They didn't. They didn't think this through when they did this. Sabrina didn't well, think see, it through, and the writers didn't think it through. See, I I disagree with that because I I agree with you that Sabrina didn't think it through. But I think all the things that you guys are saying are true. But I think that's why the like the whole her whole rise and fall makes sense because of those things. You know, like I don't think that it's even like I think on some level what you're saying about her like being a teenager and like having that rebellious streak like is true. But I think like Ambrose literally throws it in her face when she decides that she's going to play God and raise the dead. And he's like, why do you always insist on acting as if the inner the or the universe should grant you some special privilege? You know, like I think that's supposed to be how you feel t- walking away from this is that like that is a wild thing to do. That is a like a thing that is um, not like. I don't think it's out of character for her because at, at this point, like we've seen her do things like this. It's an escalation of the behavior that she's already been exhibiting. I mean, it was a fast escalation, yeah. but, but going back to her at the end after having her powers and then becoming like, I don't know, the it girl at school. I do think, <laughs> I do think that a lot of that comes from, you know, they told her like once you sign, your name in the book and you have like all your powers, you're going to start feeling different. And I think that the sad thing is how predictable that makes next season, because it's obviously going to be this thing where first she's like symptomatizing, like all of this stuff from her powers. And it's just being probably an asshole to everybody and disregarding her mortal friends. 
And then something's going to happen to Harvey or one of the friends, or probably Harvey. She's going to go back. She's going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And she's going to have feelings again. Because, I mean, her her dad was married to a mortal. So clearly, you know, and, and like even her, her, even Zelda and Hilda have, you know, relationships with humans, you know, like, like they feel things they can interact with humans and there's no way that now she's going to be like completely closed off to that and then never feel again for anybody who's not a witch. Hilda was making out with knockoff Taika Waititi at the end. (laughs) Well, and they also like, again, right? Like she makes two references to friendship she had with mortals who were famous, you know, like, right. So she definitely, I, I think, I think like, um, I don't know. I think, again, that was a thing that they're telling her not to do from experience, not because witches don't actually do that. Because Ambrose has the same conversation with her, right? When when she's like, well, why can't I just still like be friends with my mortals and stuff? And he's like, you can. And then he gives this very detailed description of what it would be like if you're a being who would outlive you know, humans and like how that would affect your relationship with them, which to me made it very clear that he had had that kind of relationship with a mortal, watched them die and then decided he wasn't going to do that anymore. Yeah. Also, if they don't age and stuff or like age very slowly, how long have Hilda and Zelda been in Greendale with like the same job? Oh my God. It's like Twilight. It is. It really is. I, that's exactly I, I would what I imagine that they probably have to, like, you know, eventually they, they kill off that specific, you know, oh, this Zelda and Hilda are gone now, and then we have to open up a new mortuary or something. Uh, it's, it's, it's probably a spell. Like, there's some, there's some in-canon bullshit that's like, <laughs> oh, we just cast a spell over the town, and they just, they don't know. It's fine. It's just never weird for them that we don't age. And also, and also, the only time you ever see them is when someone dies. So, chances are, most people in that town are only going to run into them once, maybe twice. Well, not now. It's different because um, Hilda because works at the weird store, and everyone Hilda dying. totally pieces out at the end. She's like, "I'm not, I, I'm not going to stay in this room anymore, or this house, or whatever." Or this house. <laughs> Like Zelda is having a breakdown, the baby, just stole she a child, a whole baby. and Hilda's like, Hilda's like, you know, that's great, um, but I'm going to my own room because I think I'm going to be having some sexy time with this guy who is for sure like a vampire or some bullshit. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, there was like a theory about that because he said that he was the oldest of like three brothers, and there's like some folklore thing. Oh, I think it was the three-headed hound or something. There was some Cerebus? deal. Yeah, it, yeah, it was that. They were linking him to Man. that. <laughs> Fans of this show. Go. I mean, Reddit, so you deep. know. So yeah. Deep. Take it with a grain of salt. He's the oldest of three brothers, so clearly that's a reference to Cerberus. Like- I mean, he's definitely something because his eyeballs were weird. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> were they? They did that yeah, thing. Yeah, they, they, they did like a magic thing. Like they changed color or something. Yeah, when he walked away. Yeah, he, he was I, I either possessed I, right then, or he's a thing. Yeah. yeah, he's like a vampire or a werewolf or something. Can we quickly talk about Ambrose and how much I love him? How fabulous he is! The sass, and how kind of tragic he is too, which was great. Yeah, it was funny. He like he very much reminded me of like what Salem yes. the cat was in the original Sabrina sitcom. Oh, you God, know, you're where it's right. Like, he's like, I think yeah. he's the replacement for that. Yeah. yeah, like he's like kind of, you know, like, oh, he committed this crime and he's on house arrest. And, you know, he's older than Sabrina, but like he's not, you know, a, a parental figure. So he's the, the person he can go to when she has like magical problems or needs to talk about boys or whatever and like you know oh he's the cool older cousin like I, and i really liked him in that role and you know? smart too but i don't trust his boyfriend at all no his boyfriend oh, yeah, is sketchy. no yeah his boyfriend definitely killed that 100 percent. yeah that that was a plot thread they just yeah. dropped that's what it, ne- it really never came back up again like like we 
we have to assume that's what the next season yeah. is going to yeah. be all about, right? Probably, Harvey yeah. and the other witch hunters descending on the school. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Um, I I don't know because I uh, I wonder I wonder if he was actually killed by a witch hunter. They made it. They made it sound like pretty. That's like- why I think it was the boyfriend. And again, like you said, you think it's the boyfriend, and like I, I got the impression that the boyfriend killed the parents, so that yeah, would stop. Yeah. I think he just straight yep, up yep. murdering everybody. Why they would want to kill some random witch? Or I keep calling them like witch, like as that as if that's the neutral term. Like why they would want to kill some random warlock? I mean, I also hate it when he like summoned. Oh him yeah, when he was trying to save the, the yeah. mortals, and he just like fucking summons. It's like, oh my god, like I would die if something happens. It's He's like, stuck in the up. school now, isn't he? Because the priest was like, oh well, you belong to us now. So he's gone from one being stuck one place and now he's stuck in another place. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to the Spellmans. Like, I think excommunication is already like so minor. You know, like, I, I feel like for that guy, he's already like, okay, I already excommunicated half of these people, didn't work. So I'm just going to murder them now, feed them to Satan. Oh, I, I, what, so the gore, was that too much for people? Like, how did you guys feel about that? I, I liked it. Uh, because I, I think for me, especially because of how they used it, because I like that it wasn't gory throughout. Like it, 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 uh, it actually really reminded me of, um, of Robert Kirkman's Invincible, where it kind of lulled me into this, like, oh, this is what the show is like. And then something super violent and visceral happened. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, wow, we're okay. I was not expecting this, but, and for me, like, it felt like it really escalated the drama. You know, like it was as soon as I saw like, oh, it it felt like the stakes became way more real. And I felt like I had that revelation alongside Sabrina. And I liked that about it. Just um, just to kind of add to to what I said about, you know, being squeamish and 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 all of it sort of uh, I I do pretty generally. um, I like horror, um, but. Uh, possession stuff really gets gets me like that's that's uh the first paranormal activity just killed me um uh, so uh, like with all the the various like religious upbringings and and all the stuff that was going on around just call it what it is kill christian guilt at <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I guess for watching a show about Satan, yeah, I mean, I guess that's I mean, I definitely felt a little Um, Catholic guilt, but... It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't so much the gore that that bothered me as much as, like, it all, like... The Satan of it all. Yeah, if you're, if you're, uh, I don't know, you know, triggered by, you know, stuff, stuff like, you know, the the possession and the, yeah. The exorcism, um, yeah. Yeah, the show if, if really does. Themes doesn't... like cannibalism and orgies and bathing in the blood of innocence is makes you uncomfortable then I um I came fresh off of watching The Haunting of Hill House and oh. started watching this. And The Haunting of Hill House, if you guys haven't watched it yet, you need to watch it because it's so unbelievably good. Like the the characters are fabulous. This is the the fear, you know, the scares in it are really great. It's got good jump scares. It has some, but it has like little to no gore in it, which is really interesting. There's one point where like there's somebody cuts their hand and that it, off the top of my head is one of the goriest moments that I can remember. And then so to come to Sabrina, which has sort of little to no nuance in terms of like jump scare type things. It's much more in your... Yeah, at all. Um, it uh, the gore to me. That's where the campy factor really kicked in because I'm, you know, there's so much when you watch. It doesn't bother me. I'm not bothered by that sort of thing. The possession. I'm with Kale. The possessions. You know, the exorcism that freaked me out a little bit. Um, but when you start, when they started with the cannibalism and the fake, you know, the strawberry jam and the, you know. It looks like um, it, it sort of 
it's a, t- it, I don't think of it as horror anymore. Like for me, that kind of gore where it's sort of so over the top and so campy, I think of movies like Shaun of the Dead, where it's like, it's, you know, it's like splurting everywhere. And it's like, you kind of laugh at it because it's not, there's no seriousness to it. There's no weight that goes with it. There's no like, like, I'm trying to think of a scene in Sabrina that I would sort of equate. Like, I guess, I guess the, the feast of feast scenes, right. Where she just like, cuts her throat and that's it and they start eating. I was like I, I, it completely took me out of the episode of the, like the seriousness of what's going on in that episode and and it's so over the top that it's like it's not I know it's technically like a horror show but it's it's not a scary thing to me it's not there's no none of that doesn't factor in yeah I mean to me like I don't really find gore to be like scary, you know, it's, it's usually just makes me uncomfortable. Um, and, mm-hmm. and for me, the thing that I liked about, about its use of, of gore was that, um, especially in that moment, right? Like to me, I actually had the exact opposite feeling where I thought it very much illustrated how serious things were because everybody is so nonchalant about it. And then Sabrina's just watching in horror of like, what the fuck? Like, wh- like I'm literally just yeah. watching this person just slit her throat and now everybody's just eating her. And like, I assumed we were going to at least cook her, but no, we're just, we're going full like zombie style. Just here. raw. And, and in that moment we were all sobering. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was very much uh, what I liked about it. And I, I, I felt like the same way about um, like the resurrection. Right, like with the the throat slitting and everything, it just happened, and it was like there was no fanfare about it. It was just this moment, and then all of a sudden, you're just like, okay, like let's see what the ramifications of this are. And I liked that um, kind of very like blase attitude towards it, you know, because it was always at a big moment that escalated things, but it never treated it that way. And to me, like that kind of that was kind of why her like heel turn at the end really worked for me because it was like this wasn't abrupt this is something that like has been happening like gradually and it's like all it takes is that that thing that really makes you finally cross over the line and in that last conversation with harvey she's like i feel like it like awakened something in me right or whatever like an evilness that wasn't there before and i think um i think that speaks the idea that that was something that was maybe always there and guiding some of these actions or that allowed her to make those decisions a little more easily than we might've thought, you know, for the Sabrina that we know or the Sabrina that we knew. Uh, so just to wrap things up here, uh, moving into season two, what are, uh, what are your biggest, let's say biggest hopes and fears that I don't have to do this again. That's your hope or your fear. Well, a <laughs> little bit of both. You know, Kale, I didn't. I didn't even really need you to be on this one, so I feel free. You called me. <laughs> so, for me, biggest hope is that they don't deviate from Sabrina's character as much anymore. Uh, at least what I found to be her character, because uh, then the sort of the Sabrina that came walking out at the end was isn't the Sabrina that I sort of wanted to follow or want to. Um, yeah. And my biggest fear is that... I guess that's my biggest fear. That she might be too far gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, my biggest fear is heights. Ah. Um, <laughs> for Sabrina. So no broom scenes. So hopefully you don't have to watch it on a plane. Yes. Um, but mostly... My biggest fear is that I think at the beginning of the season, they had like their tone set and whatnot. And from there, um, it kind of suffers in the same way as Riverdale, where it can't find itself 100%. Like if it's a teen show, if it's a horror show, if it's a gore thing, I don't know, um, a teen drama. Um, So I just hope that they take like the strongest parts of the show and just stick to them. And we can just take season one as a buildup to that. 
And if she has to go full dark, no stars for most of the season, then cool. But just like my biggest hope is that they will do that right. And my biggest fear is that they will just fall to, you know, back on stereotypes and we'll have like the most predictable season ever. You know, it could go real good and it could go real bad. To sort of go off of yours, I think sometimes I feel like when a show does really well in its first season and everyone loves it, they try to like make it slick in the second season. They try to make it cooler than it already is. And I think what we all sort of agreed on is that we enjoyed it the way it is for the most part. And so I'm kind of worried that because it's so popular and everyone enjoyed it so much, they're going to be like, okay, we're going to make it even cooler this season. And it's like, that's not what we want. We want it to stay where it is because that's what makes it enjoyable. And this team, I think, is super guilty of that based on Riverdale. Yeah, exactly. Don't make it over the top. Just keep it the way it... Don't fix... What isn't broken? What is it? If it's not broken, don't fix it, right? This show isn't broken. It's fine. It's chugging along. Just leave it alone. Yeah, my number one hope for it is that it doesn't get a longer episode count. Because uh, I, I think, for me, the I, I, I really think that the show's biggest problem was its pacing. Um, and it's not... I don't think that it's because the show is poorly paced. I think it's because it takes longer than it needs to to do a few things. You know, like, it's it spent a lot of time establishing the universe, right? Of, here's Sabrina's human life, here's Sabrina's witch life, here's some of the rules of being a witch and her parents and why she's different and all these things. And now we know all that stuff. Now that we know all the players and all of that groundwork has been laid, I'm really ready for them to just tell stories with the 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 toy box that they've set up you know and i think they if they keep it at a you know a shorter episode count like 10 episodes and we get a nice tight focused season um i think that's going to be the the thing that's going to be its biggest strength and my fear for it is that it's going to fall into the same trap that riverdale did in season two where it had more space than it needed to tell the story it was really interested in telling so it had to tell a bunch of side stories to take up space. And that didn't work. And it made the story that we were interested in suffer and made us sit through a bunch of things that we weren't interested in. And I want to see them keep their, you know, their laser tight focus on what's going on with Sabrina and her relationship to the Dark Lord and her destiny, as it were. And if they do have that extra space, let's just like do background stuff. You know, like, I don't need subplots. I would rather just learn backstory. Like, what is Ambrose's deal? Like, who was the guy that he was allied with? And who are his parents? And what's Zelda and Hilda's history like? What is the truth about Sabrina's parents? Like, those are questions I'm interested in answering. I don't want, like, a chick subplot to get introduced where it's like, here's some random character you don't care about that we needed to introduce because we've got 10 more episodes than we have to work with. They have to pick up the threads that they left hanging because there are way too many that they just like they left us with. And I would like answers on several of them because I feel like it's going to be important to whatever happens right. next. And I, and I don't need new things. I want follow up. That's yeah. really what I want is I want I want a competent um, sophomore season, you know, and that's really all it needs to be is let's answer the questions that are still left here and see if there's enough you know, gas in the tank to set up a season three, you know, like, is that something that we're going to want at the end of the resolution of those storylines? And I hope so. So, uh, thank you all for joining us here on our season one review of the chilling adventures of Sabrina, uh, Gabby and Rachel, would you guys, uh, just please tell the, uh, witches and warlocks at home where they can find you two, uh, on the web. So I am just going to give my personal and then I'll let Rachel take it away since I've done the spiel before. Um, so my Twitter is at G Benwelli, which is my last name. And usually the pals just link it at the bottom, which is easier than me telling you how to spell it. So take it away, Rachel. Your handle and ours. Okay. Um, 
You can find the Nerd League on all social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Instagram is at the Nerd League. Uh, Twitter is at the Nerd League as well. Um, Facebook, you can just look us up the old-fashioned way on there. Um, and then my personal handle, I'm at Rachel underscore Conrad, but you have to spell my name right. It's R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Plot twist on the A. Mm-hmm. Our platform is thenerdleague.com where we rant about things, but in the written way. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you guys just got a dope new logo, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Super excited about it. Keep your eyes peeled for a, uh, a little bit of Sabrina content coming there with uh, guest appearances by me, Kayla, and Marco. Yes. Yeah. I'll be sending docs for that soon. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, as for us, you can connect with us at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. Uh, you can also visit us at thecomicspals.com, but there's not really much there for you to do. Uh, <laughs> and you can check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash thecomicspals. Uh, give us a subscribe if you haven't already. Click that notification bell so you know when these videos go live. And uh, catch us on all podcast platforms at The Comics Pals and check out uh, all the other cool content we do. If you're a comic book person, we've got our weekly comic book podcast, The Comics Pals, which airs on Mondays. Uh, we've got our video game show, The Video Game Pals, which airs on Tuesdays. And then we've also got our Let's Play show, Pals Play, uh, over on the Video Game Pals YouTube channel. So we're all over the web. Go check us out. Show the support. And uh, let us know what you thought about Sabrina Season 1 by hitting us up at thecomicspals at gmail.com. And uh, maybe when we do a Season 2 review, we'll read your thoughts in like a year and a half. <laughs> so... Uh, with that, we are the Comics Pals signing off. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you.